when have I ever been a part of a church that would be willing to embrace an entirely new leadership structure, you know, volunteer kind of structure to, to better suit its current needs and to do so in three, four months? In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission of God. Join me as we share stories from the field in the Common Ground Podcast. And now back to part two of our conversation. So a couple of questions for you. Um you you have had a in a sense a felt need there um, in your church and a disconnect from the community that um, that kind of sent you in the direction of messy church, um, and then you are um, and you became a practitioner in starting a messy church, and now you serve as a regional trainer. Um, one of the I think you said three staff. For Messy Church yeah. USA, yeah, that's it. <laughs> which is pretty incredible. Um, so my question is, what I guess what has been um, there? There might be more than one, I'm sure, but one or two things that Messy Church has maybe um, taught you about um, what it means to be the church that you hadn't really considered to that point. Yeah. Um. And I guess I will say there are three of us on staff. We have a, an amazing board and we have an amazing group of volunteers. Mm. Um, and so I think one of the things that has taught me, um, and maybe this isn't so much as it's taught me as it's reminded me mm. or, um, or kind of brought life, um, the connections, the relationships that, you know, yes, we make in our, in our kind of local messy church context are amazing. Um, but the longer I've been a part of Messy Church and as we've gotten kind of more organized and um, and committed to kind of sharing and connecting with one another, it's a community of people that are so lovely and creative and excited about what we're doing um, that for me, as somebody who's been working in a church her entire career, has I've just found where I've gotten so much mm. life and joy in church again. Yeah. Um yeah. by being a part of a group that is willing to say, Well, I don't know, we've never done it that way. Let's try it and Let's see what happens. It. We don't have to plan Let's it. Try we don't it have to plan happens, the whole you know? thing out. Let's just do an experiment. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, here we are, 2020. Um, everything's crazy, everything's changing. Um, and this group said, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to do messy church? How do we do it online? How do we do it in lockdown? How do we do it at home? Okay. Well, here's what we're doing up here in the Northeast. And this is what's working for us. And, oh yeah, we've, we've had three online messy churches and here's what we've learned. And yeah, here's our session that we tried and here, you know, do we, do we want to get a zoom call together and sit down and talk about what messy church looks like online? Sure. Let's, you know, let's go. Um, and even within the middle of all of this, like as an organization that is barely three years old, we said, you know what, our organization structure isn't working for what we need. So let's just change it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we've changed our leadership structure in slightly less than three months. Yeah. Um, with a lot of energy and positive excitement. And I started thinking, um, when have I ever been a part of a church 
that would be willing to embrace an entirely new leadership structure, yeah. you know, volunteer kind of structure to, to better suit its current needs and to do so in three, four months, right? Like in yeah. oh, most yeah. of our churches, that would take years of small mm-hmm. seed mm-hmm. planting mm-hmm. and, you know, prayer and fights and, mm-hmm. you know, everything else. Or you would hit a dead, you know, you'd hit a, 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 just a dead end of we've never, that's not how we do things. Yeah. Um, and so for me, to be a part of um, this kind of creative, living, breathing, growing, um, messy kind of group of people mm-hmm. is just incredibly life-giving. The other thing for me is the global nature of it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier, you know, the church is is a, is global. Mm-hmm. Christianity is, you know, being disciples of Jesus is not something that is um, just for us. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, just all these different beautiful ways of... Um, of expressing, you know, love of God and love of neighbor, just showing up around the world. And so I think when we can, when we're in kind of our local context, we can forget the global nature of, of who we are. Um, and Messy Church, because it is so global, we get together on Facebook Live like every Wednesday now. And this was a lockdown thing. Like, mm-hmm. how do we stay connected? Oh, well, we'll do this. And the next thing we knew, we had folks from Australia and Scotland and the U.S. and Canada and, you know, wherever kind of all, all coming together and sharing ideas with one another. Um, and so there's, I mean, I've had a chance to work with, um, the messy church folks in the Netherlands, they've started home groups Mm -hmm. that are based on messy church values and that are intentionally intergenerational. So getting to kind of walk alongside them. I've been with the folks in Germany, um, and learning about how they do messy church and kind of sharing what we're doing here you know, stuff in the UK and, and just whatever. And, and it just, it's nice to be out of our local box. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like there's a lot of affirmation. Um, I know, you know, a lot of us that are out kind of um, on the the fringe, working on the edges, um, we can be perceived as a little out there sometimes <laughs> so, right. or having some it's ideas. That, yeah, yeah. 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 So there's, there's, um, there's definitely affirmation when you find other people, like-minded people that are doing, yes. taking similar approaches and thinking outside yes. the box. So, yeah, I, I totally yes. get that. Um, we have the gift of not fitting in. Um, so right. it's fine to, it's not, it's nice to find other people that don't fit in too. So you're like, oh, maybe I'm not crazy after all. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but exactly. also that collaboration that's happening yes. sounds like so awesome because like it or not, we do tend to kind of, um, even though we might be thinking creatively and starting something new and pioneering something, um, in a sense, we can very quickly fall into um, a routine. Now, I think COVID has been qu- such the disruptor that none mm-hmm. of us have been able to do anything really routinely. Um, right. And the gift of that is that we will all be far more resilient and willing to adapt as a yes. result. I think there's there have been many gifts as hard as this time has been, and I don't want to diminish how hard it has been. Right. Um, but there have been many gifts that we have been given as a result of this time that have in my opinion, literally broken open the church um, in a way that it needed to be. Right. So we have, um, we have five core values for, for messy church, Um, just Christ-centered, all ages, creativity, hospitality, and um, celebration. And 
COVID kind of blew open, you know, the way that we went about expressing these core values. Um, and so the conversation quickly switched to, okay, how do we, how do we in, embody these values online or um, in other contexts? And so I think one of the things, like speaking to your point about how COVID's kind of really, there are some gifts that have come out of this mm -hmm. season um, even as we grieve and long for some sense of normality and, mm -hmm. and routine that, you know, we've all lost, um, it's made us really kind of go back to the basics, right? To go back to that core and say, okay, no matter what's going on outside of, you know, of us, mm -hmm. um, these core values have to stay the same. So what is it? So what does that look like? Right. And, right. um, and when you embrace that creativity um, and the willingness to kind of try new things, then you can kind of hold that core and say, okay, let's, let's try, mm -hmm. you know, from here, let's go from, from here. And, and that's, I mean, that's life-giving, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, it, and it's helpful, not just at messy church, but it's also helpful kind of in that traditional church role as well, because you kind of walk in and say, okay, well, we tried this and it worked. So let's try it here mm -hmm. and let's see what, you know, let's see what happens. That's um, so good. Yeah. So it opens up it, your, your kind of, your experiments on the edge are helping to bring yes. new life and creativity exactly. into the existing church exactly. and, and, and having to pivot some of those things as a result of COVID. Like you say that, that, that celebration is one of your values, right. um, like we know what celebration might look like in person, but what does that look like when we can't be together and having right. to figure that out, right? Just like so right. many other exactly. things, yeah, and, yeah, and that kind of um, sparking new ideas as well. That's so right. good. I, yeah, I mean, how you know how do we do messy church online? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And the fact is that for some, it has been awkward and mm -hmm. um, and maybe frustrating. Um, but for other messy churches, it's actually been absolutely amazing. And that's not to say that they don't long for the day that they can be back together. Right, right. But um, our, we did a, a Pentecost messy church online. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of a spur of the moment. It was the first one that we had tried here at Aldersgate. And I was really nervous about like, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? You know, what does this look like? And it ended up being just 45 minutes of just amazing fellowship conversation about what, um, you know, about the Pentecost story. And we all made these um, paper kind of origami doves. Mm -hmm. um, some of them looked more like doves than others. But we, <laughs> you know, we tried it, um, which, you know, learning how to like fold paper and show other people how to fold paper yeah. on Zoom was, <laughs> oh my you know, goodness. like my challenge of the season. But um we all made these, you know, these paper doves and I brought them with me into our church's live stream for Pentecost oh. Sunday. And so all these families that kind of had been a part of the online virtual, you know, who are, who are taken out of their sanctuary and out of their kind of comfort zone now see kind of their presence mm. um, and their contribution in a really new and different way. Um, all because we said, Hey, let's, let's see what messy church looks like online, you know, That's <laughs> we'll kind so of get beautiful. from there. I love um, that. And we just, we've had, we've had one messy church out in California that's been doing some really great virtual work and they figured out how to have a meal together. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the components of messy church yeah. that we've lost and, um, and are still, you know, trying to figure out what that looks like, but they have family sign up ahead of time and they literally have pizza delivered um, 
to all these households oh right about goodness. the same time. Wow. And and so when they have their messy church virtually, they're they're eating they're together. Eating together. Um, yeah. You know, who knew you could do it, but but there you go. Um we I love we figured that. it out. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's been wow. really fun. Wow. So I know that um I mean what you do um has certainly been helpful for a lot of people that are starting dinner churches as well because of that food um, component right. and, and wanting to um, create space for the whole family to be engaged in, right. in, in some way, shape, or form. So I, I know that the work of Messy Church has been very helpful in that regard. I think to your point, um, with so many people kind of experimenting with house church models now, which yeah. I think you mentioned as well, um, this is the big um, head scratcher, right? Because so many of our um, churches, the models of church that we operate in, um, kind of send our kids to this area and, you know, the teenagers to this area and the adults go here. There is a disconnect in what it looks like to even pastor in your own home, um, to be the pastor of your home, to um, uh, have some some kind of catechesis for your children. Right? right. And there's 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 such a I think that's a real pain point right now in the church, right. even, you know, well, the adults are going to worship over here and then we're going to put the kids in front of their iPad over here so right. that they can, you know, live stream something that we're doing for them. So there yeah. is there is a lot of, I think, angst around that right now that messy church can really um, help assist people in in figuring out what this looks like in your own home or in, I mean, we have so many families that, um, you know, and neighborhoods maybe where their kids are still playing together. So they're kind of in their bubble, right? right? Yeah. Or, or these learning pods that a lot of parents right. have put together for virtual learning. So those kids are, and those families, by virtue of those kids being together, are in their own little kind of bubble. So, you know, what does it look like to, hey, you know, for the next three months, we're going to try something like Messy Church on our house with our families, um, you know, and um, and we don't have to have everybody in separate rooms or, you know, right. and, and, and really kind of building some muscles around yes. um, what this looks like, uh, because Absolutely. I think there is there is such a disconnect there. Right. And I will just to kind of speak towards that. Um, Children need adults, but adults need children. Mm. And and we need to figure out a way to kind of work together. And and you're right, it's hard. It's incredibly hard. And I know that for parents, uh, especially of littles, or I don't know, even for middle schoolers who are too busy rolling their eyes, you know, to, to <laughs> kind of engage, um, that it can be really hard. Um, but when we think about how Jesus goes about making disciples, um, you know, we think about how he calls this kind of ragtag group together and they don't have a clue what they're doing. And he starts by kind of teaching and modeling and showing. And then he starts kind of giving them small tasks to do and then bigger tasks and then bigger. And, and they go out and they do, and then they come back and Jesus like debriefs with them. You know, what happened? What worked? What didn't work? Um, and then, you know, all of this to prepare them to be able to do this on their own, right? And so there's this model of apprenticeship that I think mm. we've lost as a society, mm. but also particularly in the church, mm. right? So how do we learn, how did we learn how to pray? 
well, chances are we learned how to pray because we heard other people, we heard adults um, pray. Um, And at some point along the way, maybe a Sunday school teacher or somebody said, well, here's how you do it, Mm -hmm. or you practiced it, or, you know, you you kind of, you begin to learn. But I look at how many adults um, kind of get into a group and, and they get asked to pray, pray out loud. And and they just panic, you know, yeah. like we don't, we don't know how to do that. This is one of the things that I always work on with my confirmation class, right? Like, okay, guys, we're going to, we're going to learn how to pray mm-hmm. and we're going to learn how to pray out loud because I don't want you to become one of these adults that right. panics when, you know, I mean, and I do it too. I mean, I've been you know, working in a church for years. I still panic when I have to pray out loud. And so we walk through like, how do you do it? Um, what happens when you get stuck and you don't remember everything that was listed as a prayer concern? Yeah. Like, how do you get out of it? How do you end it? You know, <laughs> so we end up with these weird, you know, prayers where somebody, you know, one of the kids all of a sudden says, amen, because they just You're like, Wait, what? They don't over? know what to do. And that's, no, they know how to get out of it. And so it's awkward and funny and incredibly messy, mm. but that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. And when we split up our ages and our levels of experience, um, and, and we never mix them, then those who have years of experience never get to walk alongside kind of teaching others. And those who don't have experience never get to walk alongside their elders in a way that they get to learn. And so when we start home churches or dinner churches, um, you're right. Messy church has something to say to that about how all, all ages can be together and how learning how to practice our faith um, actually involves practicing our faith. And so we actually have to get our hands dirty. We actually have to do these things. Kids don't learn about how to serve their community if they're not given the opportunity to serve their community. Mm-hmm. And what better way to do that than alongside others who are passionate about certain ministries or missions? Um, and so those are the kinds of relationships that build faith that last. Mm-hmm. And it makes all of us better disciples. Yeah. Because if we are only a disciple for our own sake, then we've missed the point, Amen. right? Like our, our call is to make disciples. This is my and question. So, I keep yeah. asking, like, is a di- are you a disciple if you're not making disciples? What's your right. answer? What's your answer to that? I would say no. I mean, I, I you know, as hard as that, as hard as that sounds, like we're not in this for our own sake. That's and right. I think that's one of the biggest struggles with the American church mm-hmm. across the board um, is is how we've made it about me and Jesus. Yeah. And yeah, that's part of it, but it's also about us. It's a both and, and yeah. And Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, I mean that it that it is about um, you know, this blessed to be a blessing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, all the way back to Abraham's mm-hmm. story. You know, Abraham wasn't called just for Abraham's sake. Amen. Abraham and Sarah were called for, you know, the sake of the nations. You know, the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the just like beyond. Yeah. Um so, so what does that mean for us? And, okay. and I think for these small groups that, um, yeah, it is hard. It is hard. I- incorporating children at various levels is always going to be a challenge. There will be some, um, some awkward prayers prayed and heard yes. and all of the other things that come along with that. Absolutely. But it's, oh, how do you learn? Right. Right. Um, and how do we embrace that, that mess? Yeah. Um, because it's not just about us. And and so, you know, some of the frustrations that we've seen, we have we have intergenerational small groups at our church that have kind of come out of mm. messy church and some of my research and, and whatnot. And 
And the folks that struggle with it the most are the ones who say, well, I don't get anything out of it. Like our, our, our discussion went and I'm like, well, you're, you're in a Sunday school class, you're in a Bible study. Um, you've got, you know, 70 something years of learning. Is it not okay that for, you know, these couple of hours, once a month, it's not about how much you get out of it? (laughs) Academia, head knowledge. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it okay for you to sit alongside, you know, a 12 year old who has a very different take on, on that parable than you do? Mm. And, and maybe, maybe it's okay um, that it's not just about you. Um, Mm. And so we really, I think, struggle with that apprenticeship kind of model um, because we either want to be the leader or we don't feel that we are capable enough to lead. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's one or, it's one or the other, you know, it's either you you feel like you know everything and it's your job to impart your wisdom on all of the kids and, and youth, you know, in the room, or you don't feel like you know enough to be able to share. Um, man, that's the best, man. Do it scared. Do it scared. Yes, I'm a big advocate yes. of doing it scared. It's so uncomfortable, Absolutely. but that is where, you know, that is where God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And we have to rely on God the most. And that's when exactly. things come out of your mouth that you couldn't anticipate or, People hear things that you didn't say, but it's exactly what they needed to hear. Right. Um, and some of that awkwardness gets broken down when you put um, some markers or some Play-Doh yeah, so or, yeah. um, or like craft beads or something. I mean, like some of that awkwardness gets broken down mm-hmm. when you stick like these fun, random, um, you know, hands-on kind of things, like right smack in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and that that breaks down some of that awkwardness because now you're just playing with Play-Doh. But, oh, yeah, while you're playing with Play-Doh, you're talking about, you know, you're building a labyrinth together. Yeah. Um, we had one small group that built a labyrinth out of Legos. Um, and they got to talk about, like, what it looks like to walk a labyrinth and to pray and, wow. and things like that. But they did it with their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, most of the adults in that room haven't played with Legos in a really long time. <laughs> and, you know, last year at Christmas, we built um, nativities out of, out of Play-Doh. Um, and they're cute and they're awkward and, and really rather funny. Um, but what does it look like to talk about a Christmas story while we're kind of, you know, while we have our hands kind of right in the middle of it? Yeah, you know? all those tactile things. Exactly. Yeah. And it breaks down, it breaks down those barriers between the ages. When, when everybody's got Play-Doh, it's hard to pretend that you're a stuffy adult. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you learn. You learn. Just put quickly, some crayons so. in front of me, and I'll be good. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, sure. Johanna, um, I always like to ask people what they have. What's re- what are they reading? What's on their nightstand? And what are they listening to? Do you have certain podcasts that you like to listen to? Music that's really inspiring you right now? Yeah. Um. 2020, I have embraced Sandra McCracken's um, wow. album, The Psalms, um, and that just really became, especially in the spring, um, just was this huge um, life-giving kind of, like I would go for a walk um, and just play those those psalms kind of over and over. Um, and so she really has been a source of, cool. of, um, of comfort, I think, this year in particular. Um, right now... I'm reading a little bit more about Sabbath and Sabbath keeping. Um, some for my own sake. Mm-hmm. Um, last week for Thanksgiving um, was kind of the first vacation that I've taken um, in 2020. Wow. And that's not good for, no. for me. And it's not good for kind of, it's not good for any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's something I need to work on. 
Um, but we're also kind of heading into a season where we're going to talk about like, what does it look like to reset and what does it look like mm-hmm. to embrace rest and, and whatnot? So, so yeah, that's kind of my new, um, my new kind of research project falling into, um, what does Sabbath look like for us as Christians? What is it, what does Sabbath look like for us in 2020, 2021? Um, how do we, how do we embrace so that? hard? It's even more challenging with so many of us working from home. There's just mm-hmm. such a the boundary lines that we had when we got into our cars and drove to a place to work. Yes. Right. Um, and, and frankly, it's the same thing as far as church and school and, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, many, many kitchens that have become restaurants. <laughs> Um, right. that didn't get cooked in that much before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so tired of that. But even for our retirees um, who are kind of stuck at home and stuck in this kind of same old rhythm, what what shakes them out of that? You know, what makes a Sabbath day mm, different, different. Yeah. Um, you know, every other day? And so it, it really... Um, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see where this is going to, where this is going to lead. But um, how can, how can people get a hold of you? How what can they yeah. find you? So Johanna at messychurchusa.org um, is my email. Um, it's, we have a, a messychurchusa.org website. Um, it's, it's recently been kind of redesigned and it looks great. And we're starting to put more and more resources up there. Um, they can reach me. They can reach Roberta, who is our executive director. She's out on the West Coast. Um, and and really any of our um, kind of ambassadors and, and whatnot that are that are around, we are happy to kind of connect with one another. Um, we my messy church kind of at Aldersgate has a Facebook page. Um, okay. Messy church um, at AUMC SC. Um, so Aldersgate United Methodist Church, South Carolina. Um, can we have to distinguish ourselves yes. from all the other, all the other know, millions of Aldersgate? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, so that's one way to kind of. Yeah, there's you and, so many yeah. great resources on the Messy Church USA website. I can't say yes. enough. And and I highly encourage people to subscribe to the um to the um, e-newsletter that comes out too, because there's so many great things in there as well. I'll link all of these things in the show notes for the show. So people can, can go over there and click on those and find you and, um, and get connected with you. Thank you so, so much for your time. It's been great. Um, it's always fun talking about messy church. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. You, you, it's nice to talk about the things that you love and you're passionate about yes. for sure. So thank you so much, Johanna. Thank you.